Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. What an awesome, awesome, awesome opportunity to give the Lord the praise, the glory, and the honor. Truly, he's a good God, and he's good all the time. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord, for the Lord is merciful. He's kind. He's, he's just wonderful. He's a wonderful counselor, a mighty God. Uh, everlasting father. He's just good all by himself. And so I'm excited this morning to come to you to uh, let you know that God is still on the throne there, God, and, and, and he's doing well, amen, and he's in love with you. Praise God. And so let's get growing, man. Um, we're excited. We're in our second week and um, just some challenging things have already um hit us. And now today we're looking at uh, two more faces of man and um, the lover and the friend. And so I'm excited about it. Hey, we're going to get kicked off right here and right now. And so I want you to join in with me and say, let's go. Um, okay. Y'all couldn't hear me. So I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. But um, we thank God for um, each of you and thanking you, thanking God for uh, the celebratory um, place that we are, where we know that praises are, are comely to the upright. And when we praise the Lord, when we bless the Lord, um, it just makes us look better. It makes us feel better. And it, it just gives us that motivation to do better. Praise God. And so we give them all the praise, the glory, and the honor. So let me go ahead and kick off our, our day five, praise God. And uh, we're going to see what God has to speak to us today as men, as we get growing and uh, let him know that we need him uh, so that we can execute those things that will help us to be the best men that we can be. So we're we're excited about that. Praise the Lord. Let's get started. What an awesome place. What an awesome place that we are to be able to find him. The four faces really begin to set the context how you live this out on a daily basis. I mean, you have the mandate, we create and cultivate, we have the definition, but when you get to the faces, it really helps helps a man to begin to figure out how does this work at home, how does it work in the workplace. I think it's critical. Yeah, and there's no doubt that all these things are interconnected. I mean, you cannot put on the face of the warrior or the face of the king without first rejecting passivity, accepting responsibility, and leading courageously. Absolutely, you can't do it without leading and acting intentionally. A guy, a guy who wears, wears the king face, a guy who wears the warrior face is a man who leads and a guy who is intentional. Yeah. Right. You know, I'm excited about these next two faces and it's kind of a foreign land for a lot of guys because when you talk about the king and the warrior, you're kind of in your head, in your hands. And now we're going down into the heart and that's not a familiar place for a lot of guys. I love a friend. Oh, no, no, wait a minute. We're not going to get in touch with our feminists. No, no, no. I mean, I got somewhere to be. We want to violate any man laws. We want to stay on the up and up. We're going to balance it out. But that, you know, part of the challenge is that most men don't want to be balanced. You know, most men want to live in one zone, in one face. But in order to be the whole man, in order to be the authentic man, 
You've got to be all of them. Yeah, you know what I've learned in this experience? Warriors. When a guy can't be a friend and a lover, he's a disconnected guy. Oh, yes, and a disconnected is. guy is a dangerous guy. Yeah, yeah that's right. He's just a guy with a sword. Yeah, yeah. 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 headed nowhere. Yeah, that's, that's right. With a weapon. So show us what a lover and friend face looks like. I'm going to do my best. understand the four faces of our masculinity for us to be and experience all that God has for us as men then we're going to have to move beyond being a one-sided man as we said in the last session we need a biblically based broad manhood the kind that can move into multiple settings and express itself appropriately and powerfully when needed the powerful and authentic man has developed each of these faces. 
so that he can assess the needs of a situation and respond appropriately. In the previous session, we unpacked the first two faces. We looked first at the king face, the face of integrity and leadership, the face of righteous energy. The king face creates order and provision. It, it provides, provides direction, direction. It, it leads with, with integrity. integrity. It, it allows us to be a blessing to those entrusted to our care. Next, we examine the warrior face. The warrior face shows our courageous energy and demands from us purposeful initiative. A man who wears the warrior face is a man of action. He identifies the worthy battles and then takes the initiative to fight for what really matters most. In this session, we will look at two more faces, the lover face and the friend face. These faces really stretch our relational capacity. As natural as the warrior may be for a lot of men, the lover and the friend faces can be just as unnatural. Tragically, and to our great detriment, many men are severely limited and even crippled by their inability to connect deeply with their spouses, their kids, and their friends. Many men suffer from a stunted and reduced masculinity because they have never valued or learned to navigate their own heart, their own feelings, and their own emotions. When a man fails to know his own heart and what's going on under the hood of his life emotionally, he usually lacks the core ingredients necessary for intimacy and authentic friendship. He can't give it to his spouse, his children, or a friend, what he does not have himself. A healthy man relates to life with his head, his hands, and his heart. Sadly, many men are detached men. They're only head and hands. They're detached from their own heart and often struggle to really be present for those around them. Outside of work and hobbies, they struggle to fully connect the people most important to them. Relational capacity and relational health requires men to engage emotionally. And unfortunately, many men are deficient in this area. Stu Weber, an army ranger and author of Tender Warrior, points us to the Apostle Paul to help us with this picture of a relationally balanced man. Look at what he says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 7 through 9. But we were gentle among you, like a mother caring for her little children. We loved you so much that we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well, because you had become so dear to us. Surely you remember, brothers, our toil and hardship. We worked night and day in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. In commenting on this verse, Weber asked if words and phrases like gentle, tender, and nursing mothers sound like the description of a warrior. He says, are those the words you would expect from a man's man? God does. Weber goes on to say, whether you are on a football field, in a battle zone, or under the roof of your own home, a man's willingness to show affection and care, to connect, Mark him as a leader and a man of God. We need to understand what a man looks like when he's engaged 
and not detached. A man who is present, not scattered. A man who is a warrior, but still a relational blessing to his wife, his kids, and his friend. So let's start our relational journey by looking at the third face of authentic manhood. It's the face of the lover. Now don't just think of romance with this face. So that's a part of it. The lover face is primarily associated with tender care for others and a willingness to be emotionally vulnerable. This face allows a man to connect and live in intimacy with the most important relationships in his life, his family. The lover face reflects relational energy. It is characterized by tenderness, sensitivity, beneficial care, emotional openness, physical affection, and verbal communication. Let me give you some examples of the lover face in action. It's the lover who picks up on his wife's real needs. It's the lover who has the discernment to know whether to participate in a great trip with his friends or postpone that trip when he knows he and his wife need some time together. It's the lover who lets go of another good business deal to spend more time at home when he's in a season when his family needs him. It's the lover who has learned to share the hurt, pain, and disappointment in his life with his wife and to connect with her on an emotional level, enter the world of emotions with her. It's the lover who frequently takes the initiative to create time and space for him and his wife to connect. A man wears the lover face when he is a student of his kids. He can sense intuitively what they are feeling and needing and then moves to meet their needs. It's the lover face that does not hesitate to say, I love you or I'm proud of you or you are so special. Words of affirmation and love that have tremendous relational value. This face of the lover is seen in Paul's letter to the first century followers of Christ in Ephesus. He gives a tall order to men of all generations. He says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. That's how you put on the face of the lover. As a husband, you lovingly sacrifice for the sake of your wife and kids and those core family relationships. Some guys think that emotions and affection are somehow weak. But the multifaceted biblical man is able to display both the strength of a warrior and a lover. Here's an example of a warrior who could also wear the lover face. This is a letter written in the 19th century by U.S. Army Major Sullivan Ballou to his wife, Sarah, right before a major battle. My very dear Sarah, my very dear Sarah, the indications, are very, the indications are very strong that we shall move in a few days, perhaps tomorrow. Lest I should not be able to write you again, I feel impelled to write a few lines that may fall into your eye when I shall be no more. Sarah, my love for you is deathless. It seems to bind me to you with mighty cables that nothing but omnipotence could break. The memories of the blissful moments I have spent with you come creeping over me. And I feel most gratified to God and to you that I have enjoyed them so long. And hard it is for me to give them up and burn to ashes the hopes of future years. 
when, God willing, we might still have lived and loved together and seen our sons grow up to honorable manhood around us. And when my last breath escapes me on the battlefield, it will whisper your name. Never forget how much I love you. I shall always be near you, in the gladdest days and in the darkest nights, always, always. Whoa, he's landing on heavy, isn't he? Solomon's letter makes your little post-it note what I love you seem a little weak, doesn't it? A few days later, Solomon Ballou was killed in battle. He was a warrior, but he could also connect emotionally with his wife. David is another example of a man who could show both the warrior face and the lover face. David was well known for his ability to slaughter other men. At the same time, however, David could also pen beautiful psalms, which were basically love letters to his God. Strength and emotion wasn't an either or for David, but a both and. Now, just like the other faces of manhood, when taken to an extreme, the lover face can be replaced by ugly caricatures. A cheap substitute for this face is a man who loves by becoming critical, harsh, and demanding of his wife and kids. If you're that guy, you're not withdrawn. Instead, you're a micromanager. You're the guy who has a comment on everything. And people aren't drawn to you because you are constantly critiquing them. You are always talking about what they did wrong. Rather, than noticing what they did right. You are almost never picking up on the real needs of those around you. You feel like the universe is not in balance unless you state your opinion. And any chance of intimacy is choked out by your need for control. When the lover face is underdeveloped, you get a cold and withdrawn man, a rock and an island. If this is you, then you are the typical disconnected, detached, isolated man who is all in his head and rarely, if ever, genuinely present. Guys, we're called to be intentional husbands and fathers who plan purposeful weekends for our family. We come home from work during the week ready to engage. The weekends and the weeknights are not just our time. It's also a chance to build into your family. Now, of course, we all need downtime. But if all you are is downtime, then you have missed the mark. The detached, disconnected man is overwhelmingly the norm in our culture today. The number one complaint of most wives is simply, my husband will not talk to me. There's another myth of masculinity present in our culture. Namely, men who are over-dependent on women or relationships in general. A lot of guys have a very weak core. They are always looking for someone to take care of them. They're not the insensitive, detached guy. They are oversensitive guys who still need a pacifier. This is a perversion of the lover face as well. There is just one more face of authentic manhood. Linked closely to the lover face is the final face we will examine, the friend face. The friend face is the relational capacity of a man to connect with other men. 
This face reflects connecting energy. It is characterized by loyalty, accountability, encouragement, challenge, and fun. Men need buddies and friends in every season of life. The tragic reality is that most men do not have real friends. They don't have the kind of friendships that are character-shaping relationships. Too many of us live in these superficial relationships where we don't trust the secret things of our lives to anyone. And even worse, we have no one to talk tough to us when we need to hear the hard things. Unfortunately, new adult friendships are hard to make. And are you? Many of us just drifted into friendships. We made friendships with whoever sat next to us in homeroom, whoever lived next to us, whoever was on our little league team. We just responded to the people that somebody else put around us. In college, the pattern continued as we connected with friends around the shared experience of college life. But many of us building relationships was so automatic in our youth that we are ill-equipped for the difficulty of building new adult friendships. Often, we default to being passive in this arena. Listen, we must learn to initiate genuine friendships. Great friendships provide companions who can carry burdens and celebrate life's greatest moments with us. These are friends who will speak truth to us, even when that truth is not easy to hear. Imagine a culture, masculinity, community of men with whom you can connect and with whom you can relate at a level deeper than superficiality. This would be a group of men with whom you can share those deep issues of your life and heart. These are men who can help you think and process decisions. Imagine a community of men around you where genuine friendship is normal and expected where you could share openly about marriage, money, time, parenting, and even pain. It doesn't mean that you have a dozen best friends, but if you can have one, two, or even three true friends in life, consider it a tremendous blessing. My best friend, Mike, has guided me through so many struggles in my life. There was a time when I was so frustrated with my life, and he was the one responsible for digging me out of that ditch and getting my life back on track. There have been endless occasions where his voice meant the world to me. Just know this, you can't climb the mountain of manhood and reach its pinnacles if you are disconnected from other men. You have to be connected with other men who can speak into your life, call out the best in you, cheer for your success, and admire your noble acts. The Bible encourages genuine friendships. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times. A brother is born for adversity. In other words, true friends are there to walk with you in the hard times that life brings. Proverbs 27, 17 says, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. We need other men who can help refine our character. These biblical friendships, these soul level connections are priceless. But here's the thing, they are not necessarily easy. First of all, they require time. Part of the reason we don't have these types of relationships 
is because we don't have time for them. We don't make time for them. I know you're busy, but you are going to have to make time. Those kind of relationships also require us to be others centered. They require us to invest in others. We want a friend, but many of us have failed to realize that to have friends, you have to be a friend. A good place to start could be to take a look in the mirror. Are you a life-giving spirit? Do you breathe life into a room or do you suck the life out of it? Are you other-centered? Are you standing around whining about how unfair life is and how nobody understands you? In other words, would you want to be a friend with you? Brothers, this is why it is so important for you to process these sessions together with a small group of men. As you discuss and share around these truths, you will discover that the journey toward authentic manhood is deeply enriched with other men. We each have our own distinct stories and histories, but it is simply amazing what happens when we open up our hearts to others. Every man needs a safe place to be transparent about his manhood journey in order to become a better man. Brothers, don't attempt this journey alone. A great step toward this would be to open up to those guys going through this curriculum with you. Let's turn now to look at those caricatures of the friend face. When this face is pushed too far, you're no longer a friend. You become someone who is dependent. Moots, slacker, leech, always the guy who has a lot of needs but contributes very little. Authentic men are not exclusively dependent or independent. Rather, they have close friendships with healthy interdependent boundaries. The other extreme is when the friend face is underdeveloped. That's when you get the loner, typical friendless, disconnected male. I don't need anyone. I can do it all by myself. The phrase to remember with the friend face is pursuing character shaping relationships. The lover face and the friend face. Those are the two sides of masculinity that reflect a man's relational capacity. When you couple these faces with the king and the warrior, then you will be a man who steps fully into the multidimensional manhood that God intended for you. The full masculinity that those around you desperately need. Very few guys in our culture are able to keep a balance between the four faces. However, wise is the man who learns to shift easily between them. Wise is the man who can have the warrior or king face on all day at work, but is still able to switch over to the lover face when he gets home so he can connect with his wife and kids. Wise is the man who can wear the friend face so he can pursue the kind of friendships that shape his character. All of these faces will need to be cultivated and developed, but you can do it with God's help. When a man embraces a right relationship with God, it will empower him to live out these four faces of manhood in his daily life. Like everything we said, you cannot embrace these four faces of manhood unless you first embrace 
a right relationship with God and the provision he has made for us through Jesus Christ. Well, the group started um, almost 17 or 18 years ago with a few of us getting together and talking about what it would be like if we committed to 20 years together. We're getting to the age where things were starting to fall apart in some people's lives. Maybe the way to hold things together would have more men around you and men praying for you, holding you up, knowing what's really going on. I got a phone call that said, we got 10 guys we want to put together for 20 years. And at that, at that time in my life, my spiritual life was really, really strong, really good. Knew who I was, knew where I was going. I was a seeker at that time in the religious um, vernacular that, that, I, that I wanted something, I needed men, I knew it. Uh, and, and I was struggling with secrets in my life at that time. It's real talk in this group, you know, um, real problems. Uh, there's not that religious spirit of everyone here has all the right answers and everyone has this expectation that you got to meet a certain standard. And if you don't meet that standard, there's a certain amount of judgment or criticism. No, it's like, let's just be real. I hate the question. What's God doing in your life or what are you doing? And you don't want to go down there and say, well, I castrated six bulls last week. Does that count for anything? Early on, I think the, the real purpose was met in that um, we've been through a whole lot. Um, and you would imagine with seven to eight guys going through life together, we've had Personally, we lost a child, and uh, the great thing about that day was within, uh, he died in his sleep, and I was already at the office, and Nancy called him. Within five to eight minutes, there were three of the guys in this group were at the house. And this group is here for you in your high moments and your low moments. And when people are there for you, when you have wins and when you have losses, that builds a loyalty unlike anything else. I'm, I'm in recovery uh, from addiction. Um, I had a very successful um, asset management uh, company, managed a lot of money, very successful in the world since. Uh, and I finally, my, I hit my bottom and uh, with my wife in tears, the first person I called uh, was Nick uh, and got that secret out. As a man, I wanted to grow up and at the end of my life, you know, my tombstone epitaph say he was a great father, he was a great boss. He was a great Christian. Uh, he was a great husband. And I blew it on in every category. And I pled guilty to a federal charge. I am a, uh, not proud of it, uh, but I, I made a mistake. I signed some documents I shouldn't have signed and uh, actually spent time um, uh, in, in a federal prison. And uh, everything I didn't want to be as a man I was. And uh, and uh, so I kept coming to the group. You know, they uh, they asked me, you know, do you want to come? And 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 I thought my whole life was about to to dissolve. Going through enough stuff, for lack of a better term, together knocks off or chips off the the inauthentic parts, and so you end up with uh, an authentic uh, relationship that ultimately builds you up, edifies. I had failed so much I didn't believe in myself anymore and so um, to have the freedom to fail made me want to succeed. I've had my butt kicked by these guys publicly <laughs> in, in a group setting. Uh, on the other hand when I've been at the lowest uh, come around and 
uh, pick me up. You really have these kind of relationships and this kind of structure for the benefit of the crises of life. And therefore, sometimes you may feel like you're going through the motions, but in reality, you're setting the stage for relationships for the benefit of how to deal with the crises of life when they happen. We've all made mistakes, we've struggled, but we've all been here together. And that band of brothers kind of concept has been with us since uh, th since the get-go. The camaraderie, the goofing off, the abusing each other, the sarcasm that uh, I needed, but I wouldn't get it on my own. They reached out to me and sort of brought it out of me. And the sign of affection and love is that, you know, we, we just rib you, you know, and, and they're constantly aggravating one another and just joking with one another and, you know, all kind of things like that. So humor is a constant. It's fun because if it, if it stops being fun and it becomes a duty, you know, I have enough duty in my life. The, the greatest thing for me I've seen is I'm surrounded now by a bunch of guys who are extremely mature in their faith, have been through hell and back, and are walking better because of it, are standing straight, their families are intact. For me, this group uh, was, quote, the power greater than myself uh, uh, that we use in the 12-step program because uh, at that point, that's how God used them through the body of Christ uh, to really love me until I could start loving myself. And these guys help me just keep walking. And uh, I love them all in different ways and they all have different strengths. And and we're all quirky, weird guys. And uh, there isn't a whole lot of spiritual, religious stuff about us. It's just guys trying to make the journey. That the payoff is worth the risk. You know, it's tough going it alone. And I think that's probably most men's experience. Uh, and that it won't feel easy at first. And it won't be three sessions and suddenly you click and you get it, but it's worth the risk. And that over time, uh, having other men around you and being able to go to them and ask for counsel or uh, and flip around and say, in other cases, to come alongside them and, and help them through tough times is worth the risk. Man, Brian, you did a great job taking two faces that a lot of guys are just uncomfortable with, you know, the lover and the friend, and explaining them in a way that uh, we can take and we can live out in our life uh, and how important it is, uh, not just for us personally, uh, but for those in, the life, in our life who matter the most. Yeah, when you were talking about that lover face, man, I just thought about the first decade of my marriage. I was basically a relational idiot, and I just had to learn a whole new skill set on how to really engage my wife well and connect with her and relate with her and actually begin being a husband for the first and time. And that's not that unusual. I mean, many men, we struggle with that. We struggle with the lover and the friend face. We, we do well, king, warrior, but we don't know how to share our hearts. We don't know how to build authentic relationships, and so it... All, everyone suffers. We yeah. suffer, and those around us suffer. Yeah. Let, me, let, let me tell you guys what the friend face uh, looks like for me. My, my wife and I had been married for about 17 years, and we went through you know, kind of a crisis time. And, you know, I had processed that in my mind. I'd kind of moved on, and uh, I was kind of blind to the idea that she was still there. She was, I was kind of the relational idiot that you were, you know. And, uh, and I needed someone to get in my face. And so my best friend cared enough for me. He got on a plane, flew to Dallas, and said, meet me in this hotel. And out there on that patio, uh, he pretty much grabbed me by the collar and told me what I needed to do. And I went home and that put our marriage back on track. Yeah, that's it. That's well, the four faces of manhood, the king leads with integrity. The warrior fights for what matters most. And then the friend, he pursues men for relationships. And then the lover shares his heart. It's those four faces that make up the total authentic man. When a man does that, 
he's headed in the right direction. Yeah, that's that's at the core of these uh, last two sessions. Now, we need to write that down, okay? We need to make it personal, and we need to come up with a strategic move, and I, I think probably more than one for these. Come up with a, st a strategic move because we're building an action plan. Now, uh, next session, we're going to look at a kind of a panoramic view of a man's life. We're going to look at all the seasons of a man's life and how all these things Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a challenge. What a challenge to be a lover and a friend. I'm so excited that we can come together and, and really do this together uh, and really do this together as men. I'm, I'm so excited to um, examine the lover and the friend and realize that, you know, God has um, equipped us with what we need and put around us the things that we can use to be a better man. And so um, we're gonna be forming some small groups as we go and um, allowing God to really minister to us and show us how to be the best man that we can be. And so stay tuned, just stay plugged in. If uh, I know some ladies join in for a short time and if you have a special man in your life and know that they need this, this message and need to hear this and need to get involved with this. Have them join me uh, every day at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday. And if they can't do it at 6 a.m., whatever time that they can log on and get this information. And then we'll be, like I said, creating small groups and we'll, you know, kind of balance it with your timing and things of that nature. Um, and there will be a platform where no women <laughs> will be allowed, praise God. But um, we, we thank you. We thank you for um, getting this word out, getting this message out. It's, it's very dear to my heart um, to see men successful because when men are, are truly men and they are wearing the four faces that we've talked about, we can see some change in families. We can see some change in children. We can see some change in relationships. We can see some change in communities. And that's what it's all about. You know, um, if, if we keep on doing the same thing, we're going to get the same result. But if we if we change and we do something different, we do something that's uncomfortable, we become vulnerable. Um, I know some people, that's a nasty word, but um, that vulnerability, you know, we have to take that stretch and, and allow God to really minister to us in a deeper way so that we can um, really challenge ourselves to be the best that we can be. And so that's what this journey is all about. I'm excited that God has chosen me to be a um, catalyst for this. And I, I mean, when I first went through this course, I, I was like, man, if this don't put you mission minded, I don't know what can, <laughs> but this really, uh, this is a, a mission, a, a desire for me that God has placed in my heart to bring other men together. Um, and so I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. So this is just Antoine. Um, glad that you uh, was able to check this video out. I'll see you at the top. Bye for now.